welcome to the Pleasurable Success Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rose, and business success and mindset coach, speaker, corporate dropout turned entrepreneur, and the host of the Embodied Coach Masterclass. And I am on a mission to inspire as many people as I possibly can to step into their power, recognize their unconditional worthiness, and ultimately build a life they are absolutely obsessed with. And through this podcast, I will be spreading my message along with some powerful guest speakers, and we will be talking all things business strategy, mindset, manifesting, and of course, making your success a pleasure-filled experience. So join us in making our reality exceed our wildest dreams. Welcome back to Pleasurable Success. This is the episode you've all been waiting for. (laughs) I have my incredible king, my love, my awesome boyfriend, and my climbing partner, (laughs) Tony Ernst. Hello, my love. Hello, folks. (laughs) (laughs) So we're excited to be giving you some insight today all about Um, our relationship, but more in particularly how Tony has been able to be with me on this journey, how he's been able to hold such an incredible sacred and safe space for me, and really how he's navigated being in this relationship as I've been on this like crazy path of entrepreneurship and spiritual growth and all of that sort of things. But before we go into all that, babe, would you like to just give a little bit of an introduction, who you are, um, what's your sign, and what do you love about me? <laughs> all right. Well, as most of you know, I'm Tony, Sarah's lover and partner. Um, yeah, I would say I describe myself as a pretty average person. Um, I'm a cancer, born in late June, so I definitely am a more emotional person, especially for a guy. He is such a cancer. (laughs) It's so beautiful, actually. Yeah, I think I definitely cry almost as much as you. It balances my Aquarius, like, I'm independent, leave me alone, because he's really great at, like, being like, no, let me love you. (laughs) I get told to back off from the smothering a little bit. It's okay, though. Um, And yeah, I would say the thing I love most about Sarah is how much of a hardworking, passionate person she is. Um, And, you know, I always knew that no matter what she puts her mind to, that it's going to come out amazing because she doesn't give up. Well, thank you. (laughs) Beautiful introduction. Um, So I guess my first question for you is going to be around, like, what has the last two and a half years been like for you? in this, in this journey alongside me, because it hasn't just been like a me thing. Like this has been, we've, we've delved deep into our relationship and healing our wounds and our triggers and all of that. Um, and you've also dove into some personal development as well. So want to give like a high level overview on what your experience has been like? I would say the biggest thing is that I, was introduced to true vulnerability, Mm. really, you know, giving myself to another person, being fully trusting and seeing how possible it is of what you can achieve when you put in 
personal work and personal growth. Um, you know, she's always said that she doesn't want, obviously she wants the best for me, but she hasn't, you know, pushed me too hard um, to make me do something I don't want to do. She's just led by example and made me see the things that can happen for you if you really dig deep, do your shadow work and, and try to be the best version of yourself. Yeah, I think that's actually really important that you brought that up because a lot of women, they crave to have their man be initiators, right? Mm -hmm. And this has actually been like an ongoing conversation and obstacle in our relationship is like, you know, how can I inspire you to initiate? How can I inspire you to take action in your life without pushing you or forcing you or making you do something? And that right there, like you just answered it, was leading by example. Like just do the work yourself, ladies. And either your man is going to like want to jump on board with you and be like, hell yeah, like I'm for this because I see my woman and she's thriving. She's living her best life. She's growing. She's expanding. She's making hell of money. Like I want to be in that with her. I want to rise with her and, or they're going to jump ship. You know, they're going to be like, no, nah, like this is not for me. And I don't think I can handle the amount that, you know, my woman is growing and that discernment of like, okay, is my man rising with me? Is my man trying not to, you know, grow and expand is super, super important in a relationship because there has been times in our relationships where I've questioned, like, are you growing with me? Are you rising with me? And we've had to have those like really deep, serious, naked conversations with each other. Yeah. And I think definitely to add to that is not to compare your growth to your partner's growth compare yourself to who you were before mm -hmm. once a person starts growing especially you know as much as my wonderful woman has growth once it starts becomes exponential it starts to add to everything into your life and you know if you look at how your partner is doing and just compare like just to compare yourself to anyone else you're going to get yourself down you just have to remember how far you've come personally you know? Yeah, that's so true because, and it's like, it's been really, really challenging for me as well to be like, well, I'm rising. Like, why aren't you, why aren't you on my level? And then I have to kind of check my ego at the door. And you actually check my ego a lot of the times at the door too. You always give me such good insight and perspective and reminders that it's like, he, he is not on the same journey or the same path as me. He is on his own divine journey. And, you know, I think that's really important to have that, have that perspective in your relationship because they're not the same fucking person as you <laughs> and they're on a different path and they have a different purpose. And the more you can just like let them and inspire them to figure that out instead of like think that they're not enough because they're not doing what you're doing or the way that you would do it. Oh my God, Rosie's face is so cute right now. We have our dog. This is a family podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. Like the more you can just inspire them instead of like make them feel not enough, which has been a huge learning lesson for me because ego loves to creep in and be like, but do it this way. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think definitely it really helps a lot that, I think the type of person I am is that I know I can't contribute to our relationship in some ways, but the ways that I can't contribute, I 
go full force. You know, anything that I can take off of her plate, I do it happily. Um, you know, I'm the cook, <laughs> mostly the cleaner, <laughs> um, and full time space holder and therapist. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. The other night he asked me, um, so what are you most excited for in this next chapter of your business? And I could have easily just given like, oh, I'm excited for this. But instead it was a 20 minute long, like this and that, and I'm scared and oh, living beliefs and all this stuff. And he just was there engaged and holding that space for me to like vent and clear the entire fucking time during this really nice dinner we were having. Yeah. And, and actually, I want to ask you that, like how, because I know there's going to be some men listening to this and they're probably wondering, like, how can I make my woman feel safe? How can I make her feel heard? Because that's truly what all women desire from men or from the masculine is that sense of safety. And like you said, there, there are, you know, we think of safety and money as like the same thing. Mm-hmm. And as yeah, no, sometimes it is, but me being the breadwinner in this relationship, you still are able to provide so much safety to me. So what do you have, like, what are some tips you have for the men listening to this? I think myself, obviously, I know a lot of, a majority of men are extremely competitive. Um, You have to be a good sport. You know, you have to know that just because you see your woman winning, does not mean that you're losing. You're still on the winning team. You may not be the captain of the team, but you still are contributing. You are still a person that needs to be there for them when they're low instead of taking advantage and saying, ha, you know, you can be low too. That makes me feel better about myself. Um, Yeah, you have to, you know, obviously you truly have to be confident with yourself too. And if you're not, you have to take your insecurities and take that out of the question. Um, or even explore them exactly explore your insecurities get to the bottom of what what's happening um before sarah you know i never i would dabble in meditation but i never really got the the full practice of what you're trying to gain from it and then writing in a journal after that meditation you know just kind of it doesn't have to be super distinct just put your thoughts down you know whatever comes up write it down and then reflect on that later See if it's something you're still feeling, if it's something just in the moment. Um, but yeah, being a space holder is just being there for her. Yeah. And like something you do very well too, which I think is important, is having this like objective standpoint. So like you're able to like listen to me. And I obviously like I will tell you if I want advice or if I just want you to hold the space, which is very important in a partnership. Like the masculine loves to find a solution to a problem. And sometimes the feminine does not want a fucking solution to the problem. They just want to release and clear and get everything that's going up in their monkey mind out. So it's not blocking their creation. Mm -hmm. And early on when I was in, you know, this journey of entrepreneurship specifically, like starting my business, I think that I would like tell you about something and you'd go into immediate problem solving mode. And now you go into straight, like, let me hold space for you. And let me just have an objective standpoint. Like you're totally unbiased. You're just listening. Exactly. And yeah, you can't, you have to, you have to step away. I still have to, I catch myself almost every day. I can't respond to her by saying, well, 
and then give her an explanation of what I think. Just ask another question, try to poke those buttons and see if you can get another question out of her, mm -hmm. you know, another answer and just really kind of be the intermediate to help her dig deeper mm. instead of trying to mansplain something to her. Babe, that was really hot. <laughs> Help her dig deeper. Yes, men, take notes. <laughs> okay, so my other question for you is kind of going back to the whole breadwinning situation. Um, I obviously have always been the breadwinner in our relationship. I, if for those of you who don't know, I am what three years old. Yeah, yeah, I'm about three and a half. I'm three and a half years older than Tony. Um, and I got my career started very young. And so even when we first met, I was working in my corporate nine to five, making a good amount of money. And then obviously going into business for myself and excelling in that. Um, so how have you been able to kind of check your ego and be like, I don't, I don't care, you know, about like, how do you basically manage you being like, well, aren't I supposed to be the one making more money because of what the patriarchy and societal expectations have placed upon, um, mm -hmm. upon us? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's still, it still pokes me in the back a little bit, but it doesn't poke me in the front anymore. Poke me in the face <laughs> saying you should be making more than her. Why is she doing so much better than you? But it's because of you know, when we met, I had just turned 21 and she was 24. And even though it's only three years, that's a big three years at that time in your life. I was also, I'm like, I'm, I'm an, I was an old 24 year old. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Lots definitely of life mature. experience, a lot of, um, what's it called? Like I just, I had my, I had my shit together for a 24 year old. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I definitely did not have my shit together for a 21 year old. I was still trying to just not really care about the future. Um, you know, still, still thinking about, you know, just living day to day. I was still living at my mom's house too. You know, I didn't have much responsibility bestowed upon me, so I didn't have to perform that much. And I was just, you know, really, I met her and it just showed how, how possible things can be. Um, but yeah, I would say not being the breadwinner, it, it'll it hit you a little bit, but it's a good reminder of why you need to also do the work yourself and not just say, oh, you know, she's got it, so I don't have to. It's, it's you know, you need to be a contributor too. Mm. I love that. You need to be a contributor too. I'm just thinking in my head right now about the quote that I sent you the other day by Laureen Krin. Mm. Boy. Um, and it was talking about like true raw devotion. And that's something that I think is really special about our relationship is there have been times y'all, <laughs> there have been times where we wanted to throw in the towel um, because of, for whatever reason, you know, like relationships are not, relationships are so beautiful and it's like, the most, I said this the other day, it's like the most genius healing work you will ever fucking do because it's taking so much of your traumas and your wounds and your ego and triggers and all that. Did I already say triggers? No, I said traumas. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, it's taking all of that and like being reflected back at you and being like, how bad do you want to, you know, make this work and how much are you committed to healing alongside each other so that you can actually have this like delicious and powerful and sacred divine union with mm. one another. Um, and it's been, I feel like it's been easier for you. It's been easier for you to like stay in the devotion. And for me, it's been like such deep wounds, like women obviously have a lot of healing just around men altogether to do. Yeah. Um, but what about your healing in this process around being in true devotion? I'd say to be truly devoted to any relationship you have to understand and really just look at it as a whole and just say you know do i need you or do i want you mm -hmm. and if you need a person for happiness for anything else it puts a whole different type of dynamic and strain on a relationship because if you don't feel satisfied by yourself if you can't look at the facts and say, I can step away from this if I want to, and if I need to, but I want this to happen. I want this to work. And, you know, I think a good quote that I've thought about too, is that your relationship lasts exactly as long as it's supposed to. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. So you can't say, I need you, you know, I can't live without you, that type of stuff. It just, it doesn't do either of you any good. You need to be able to live with yourself, you know, try to act as if you're living on your own, but you're with another person, you know, they're not your lover. They're almost like a roommate. Um, but yeah, you need to, you need to be self-sufficient. If yeah. you can be self-sufficient, then it's so much easier to add to someone else too. Yeah. And I think that's actually a great point. Double things there. One, it's like, having a life outside of each other, you know, like we, and this wasn't always the case. I went into this relationship still very much in my, um, my insecure attachment style. Codependency. Yes. Like I was always, I, I didn't, I still didn't trust men, especially after my past relationship where I was, you know, completely cracked open and brokenhearted. And I still had so much fear and and insecurities that i was projecting onto our relationship and so our relationship didn't start off in this like secure independent like let's grow together type of way but we decided along the way that like that was the only way we were going to continue to move forward mm -hmm. um, collectively we decided that oh yeah um so i think that's also really important for anyone who's feeling like maybe you're currently in a, a insecure or avoidant or an attachment style in your relationship that's not currently serving you, but you want to be with that person and that desire to make that relationship work, it can. Like you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just having the acknowledgement and the consciousness, the conscious awareness to be like, okay, I'm acting out of this attachment style and I have the deep desire to change it and grow alongside this person. Um, and then also, yeah, going back to having a life outside of each other. Like mm. when we first started dating, I was extremely, I think we were both a little codependent. Um, you know, we, you had some, some like, you know, I, I didn't, you didn't hang out with your friends. Um, it was just kind of like us, us and that's it. 
Mm -hmm. Us and work. Us and work and sleep. <laughs> yeah, lots of sleep. And now we both have our own hobbies. We both have our own friend friend groups that we can go hang out with with or without each other. Mm -hmm. um, and we all obviously carve out the space to um, to be with each other. You know. Yeah. Very well said. <laughs> I feel like there was something else that you said that I wanted to touch on. Um, oh, okay. The the lover roommate dynamic. Mm. Because I don't refer you for. I thought you said like I you know be a roommate not a lover, and I'm like mm. uh, I would say <laughs> not full time. Like just take that one step and just see you know see how that makes you feel. Like you know are you really reliant upon this person for your daily life got it or can you live you know do the things by yourself but you choose to uh cohabitate with this person yes okay that i was, I, I was I like you're you definitely more my lover yeah no 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 you don't <laughs> the, sleep the in the need same you bed. the need you versus i want you mm -hmm. yeah okay i have another question for you and this is diving deeper into our intimate life um I obviously have been diving more into sacred sex and conscious partnership and lovemaking and Tantra and all of that juicy stuff. And we've kind of scratched the surface in our relationship in that. And I think there's a lot of women as well as men who would love to hear your perspective on how you keep such an open mind and are so down to try absolutely anything. <laughs> um yeah i would say it really comes down to how you feel about yourself and i would guess the fear that you have around you know other people knowing what's happening mm -hmm. if you're afraid to do it yourself you know that's obviously some other work that needs to happen but if you're not afraid but you're afraid of what people might think I don't know. I think it's it's definitely a very a very personal question for people. Um, I would say the thing that helps me the most is that I'm I'm lucky that I have a woman that wants to that wants to lead that aspect of our intimate life. Um, yes and I, no, though, because there's times where you've initiated more tantric. Yes, yes, sex. that is true. I, you know, I've before i think sarah was the first woman i really truly believed i made love to and not just had sex with mm -hmm. um and that truly and that opened a huge door for what i was willing to try in our relationship and what i wanted to explore mm -hmm. um but yeah it also it's all full circle comes down to your personal confidence and insecurities you have to you have to be vulnerable mm -hmm. yeah and from my perspective too because i'm sure there's some people listening who are like how do i get my man to do these tantric practices and that sort of thing um and for me it just came down to like well one it's amazing that i just have a supportive and open-minded and understanding partner but also like positioning it as like, I, I just want to have like the most incredible lovemaking experiences of my life. And, 
you know, I, I also want to say that every time Tony and I are intimate, like it's not like it's like deep tantric experience, you know, like there's times where we, you know, just have sex and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it's awesome. And sometimes not too. And like, like that's okay. So like release the pressure to constantly have this like deep, intimate like connection and of con- streams of consciousness, like going with each other. It's like, it's not always that way, you know, like we just present it as like, okay, we want to experiment experience as much, as much yumminess in our life. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's not, it's not a performance. Oh my God. <laughs> it's oh my a, God. it's a, it's another part of a personal relationship. You're both if you're both trying something for the first time, you're both experiencing it together. Mm-hmm. So sex needs to be an experience, not fucking, not yeah. a performance, not something that has to be done to someone or for someone, but you're you're together. Yeah, that's so it, it can't be a performance. And like the more unleashed you are in the bedroom, it's like the more easier it it is for you to actually, for women to receive and to surrender. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's probably been like the most work that I've been having to do in our intimate life is like, how do I surrender in the bedroom? Mm -hmm. Um, And we even did like, talk about a king over here. I was listening to my body. I had this intuitive download to be celibate for as long as my body needed to. I didn't put like a time frame on it. And that was a little bit scary to be like, hey, I feel like I need to be celibate because I feel like I'm unable to fully receive and desire you at this time in my life. Mm-hmm. And I want my body to be the guide, my body to lead me and I need to trust this. Um, and so I did that. And do you wanna like, how were you so just like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Well, I think it def- it wasn't like, you know, we were all happy rainbows and clouds when this was happening too. There was definitely some things that were coming up in our relationship for both of us. And during this time, you know, it, it wasn't just, we couldn't just throw that all away and go to the bedroom and get it out. You know, that stuff, it comes up consciously or subconsciously. And I don't want to, you know, be intimate with a person that's not fully in there with me because then I just I felt off yeah. you know um it wasn't 100% mutual I will you know. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was times during this period where I was like no you could just take a day off it's fine <laughs> but then I kind of just recognized that that was like my instinctual needs and desires coming out and that I used that also as a personal opportunity for myself as a means of growth and, you know, like, all right, you know, do, um, am I still going to feel the same way about this woman um, while we're not having sex and while we're not doing that so actively? And it, you know, if it definitely, it really strengthened that, that aspect because we came back and the first day that we broke that, it was hot. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice. <laughs> uh, I love it. Okay. What else should we talk about? Mm. and say how do you feel what's your perspective on being the breadwinner so to speak and and what it's like being a person that's exponentially growing but you know trying to I'd say 
trying to get me along to. Yeah, so that's, and obviously you know this already. We, by the way, our communication is fucking hot. Like, can we just high five each other for a second? Yeah, we, are, we are so good at telling each other what's on our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's, that's probably been the biggest challenge overall in the three years of our relationship was me trying to not let society say, well, you're supposed to be with someone who makes more money than you. And like, not even just like the money piece, but like also, and this was rightfully so, this wasn't coming from a a place of ego. This was coming from a place of love. It was like, I want you to live into your truest potential and purpose. Mm -hmm. And I I just, I I knew that you were going to be my partner. And, and so like, I always brought myself back to that whenever I doubted like, oh, you know, he doesn't make more money than me and he can't, you know, do this and whatever. It's like, yeah, that might be true. And there are so many other ways that this man does provide safety, that does support me, that does, um, you know, let me be me, which is like the biggest thing. And, you know, there's not a lot of guys that would be totally down and cool for a girl who's like, I'm going to quit my job and start an online business. And, you know, being on that journey, like it's not, there's, it's not an easy journey for either person. So I just kind of like always bring myself back to like your soul and your truth and your heart, which is the best fucking heart that I've ever known. And even though, you know, it's challenging at times. And sometimes I feel like, you know, it's like I'm here and, um, you know, I'm using my hands if you're not watching a video of this, but like, you know, I'm above and he's down here, but that's just in a financial aspect. Mm -hmm. That's not in a consciousness aspect. That's not in a love aspect. That's not in a devotion aspect. That's not in a trust aspect, you know, which is all other ways that all other things are just so incredibly important in a relationship. Mm And I think that I projected a lot of societal's beliefs on you at the beginning. And I still, I still do to this day at times. And I just have to like have awareness of that. Like, okay, is this coming from like the truth or society's expectations? Um, So yeah, guiding myself back to what my truth is instead of feeling the need to like, I don't know, be dictated by what something should be. Mm, what you've been raised to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, just to to add to that too, like I do consider myself a provider. Even though I'm not a financial provider, I provide not only the space, but just provide love mm-hmm. and cherishing, you know, like the for me, you know, I can't buy her diamond earrings, necklace, jewelry, expensive clothes, but the things that I think she really appreciates just as much is when I come home from grocery shopping and I have, you know, a $15 bouquet of flowers, a $5 bath bomb, and I go and put her flowers in a vase, draw her a bath, light it incense and say, I've got things ready for you. Go relax. What a dream. (laughs) Like, am I right, ladies? And then, yeah, and then while she's in the bath, I'm also cooking us a perfect medium rare steak. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Um, so, yeah, you know, I 
and you just got to do what you can really and if you keep that keep that mindset that you're doing what you're doing everything that you can do once you start to get to that upper level of yourself and your growth it's it sets a good foundation you know yeah and I also think it's important to like show here like you're not doing it because you feel like you have to you know like Mm -hmm. you you do those things out of pure like thoughtfulness and love and yeah yeah and plus it does me no good if you're all stressed out you know because then I'm just gonna exactly my therapy session lasts (laughs) even longer (laughs) your unpaid therapy session exactly (laughs) oh god (laughs) okay I'm trying to think if there's anything else that they might want to get your perspective on um what do you think Oh, I think we've touched a good amount of basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say morals, you know, sharing the same morals as a person about, you know, how how you live your life too and what you, I guess, ex- kind of expect out of humanity, maybe. You know, it, I, I think it leads to a lot more stress and arguments if you both just don't view the world the same way you know you can't convince a person to change their perspective on things i also think that's what keeps our relationship spicy though is that we don't agree on everything yes yes yeah you're never if you're fully aligned and you agree on every single thing with a person it's that's going to get old quick um but then it goes back to being open-minded and even if you do have a perspective you have to understand another person has a different perspective and you have to respect that Mm -hmm. And if it's something you can't live with, that's a different conversation. Yeah. But, you know, if you can live with it and you use that as a means of being able to get that other person's perspective and say, hey, this is what I think about this. What do you think? And they give you their opinion and say, oh, wow, that I now I see. Now I'm not so angry about that subject because a person that does believe that, that I trust is a, you know, smart, rehearsed person. Now it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, I have something else. Um, because obviously I'm I'm a lot. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm a lot. And you know, something we both kind of learned together is that the feminine actually loves to test the masculine. You don't say. <laughs> and I think it's actually important that everyone listening to this knows that actually like the, a woman testing a man is not a bad thing. And for men listening, it's not a bad thing. It's actually how we create safety for ourselves as women. Mm -hmm. And we need that. Like we need to have that sense of safety. And there, yes, there is a, I guess a wounded and a toxic way of testing. And I'm sure I've participated in those when we were first, um, you know, prematurely in our relationship. Both of us. But now when I have those quote unquote tests of like, okay, like, am I actually safe in this relationship? Like, can I see, can I, can I feel, can I hear the things that I need to without asking them directly? Like, Hey, I need to hear this. I need to see this. I need to feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you manage those tests? Because they're a lot <laughs> and it can be confusing. Um, yeah, there's 
you know, I can, some of those tests were, are a little too personal to get into, but there's been some tests where it's, it's kind of, you know, hurt a little bit and I've had to go back to the drawing board and kind of just rethink where I am. And, you know, that's been one of those parts, chapters in our relationship where there's been stress. Mm -hmm. um, but it just depends how you face, how you face the test, you know, can you, can you still be open? Can you still have that conversation with your partner about what the test was, how that test made you feel? Ask them where they were coming from. You know, was it, it was coming from a place of anger, jealousy, any of those emotions? Mm -hmm. Or was this like a, was this like a real test where it's like, you know, hey, I just, I need this from you, you know? Well, yeah. And it's, it's not like, it's not like a woman, I think, intentionally goes into like, I'm going to create this test for my man to see if he lives up to these standards. It's like, it's really not like that. It's in our unconscious, like our DNA really of like, okay, how can I continue to create safety for myself with this, with this man, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like a lot of the time, it's not even a very like conscious test that we're doing. It's just like, we go about our day and I'm, you know, I'm like, well, okay. Like, you know, he said he was going to call me at this time. Like, is he going to call me at this time? Am I going to feel less sense of safety? Mm -hmm. Or he said, you know, like the, the best way for a man to like show a woman in a sense that he's safe and trustworthy is just to follow through on his actions, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. it's like, when I, I'm trying to think of a specific example, but I can't think of one right now, but I guess just like going back to, you know, are you calling me when you're said you're going to call me? And without that, like, I'm feeling this like, Ooh, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. um, and not to say that, like, you know, you said you're going to call me at three and it's, you know, now three 30 and I'm like, ah, it's, it's not like that. It's more of like, you know, a day later or whatever. Yeah. Or like, you I know, feel like I, the calling one wasn't the best, best example, but <laughs> well, I feel like I've been doing a pretty good job. If that's the only thing you can think of at the top of your head, <laughs> you have been doing a great job. That, that's that's a so true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's even those tests are still a two way street. If you're going to be testing someone, you have to, you have to understand what type of test this is. Is this dipping your toes in the water or is this like, you know, this is your fifth test of the same test in a row and you're still failing. Yeah. That's a different type of thing. Yeah. But if it's just like one thing and it's like, oh, hey, you know. Like learning, learning from the test. Yeah. Learning <laughs> from the test. You got you to test someone at least twice if they fail the first time. <laughs> Maybe a third test too. Maybe a third. <laughs> if, they, if they're not getting better every single time, then yeah, that's, that's just, it, it doesn't create a sense of safety for that person. And that's going to, trickle over into other aspects of a relationship. And if you just keep failing test after test, it's, it's not going to be good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Last thing, last thing, because we didn't touch on this much and it's really, really important. Um, you are so beautifully in tune with your emotions. And this was not something that I think was learned. I think it's just you but I think it's very, very interesting. And maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you can share on that. But I just think it's interesting because so many men are shamed for being connected to their emotions or showing their emotions. 
they're like taught to suppress it and like, you know, quote unquote, be a man and not ex- be expressive in their emotions. Mm-hmm. Don't be vulnerable. That makes you weak. Like all of that, like very toxic side of, you know, quote unquote masculinity. Oh yeah. The um, biggest one is, oh, men don't cry. Men don't cry. Yeah. Right. That's bullshit. It's bullshit. And, but like, how have you been able to, did that just come natural to you or is that something you had to unlearn and then relearn? Like, what is that for you? Because you really do beautifully display your emotions. Hmm. I would say it was definitely learned a little bit throughout high school. You know, I, I grew up with a certain group of guys that when you did show emotion, you got picked on even more because you're giving them a reaction. So you learn to suppress those emotions, no matter how it made you feel. Mm-hmm. And then you can go home and feel that to yourself, hopefully feel it to yourself. If not, just keep repressing it and perpetuating the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, you have to kind of separate yourself a little bit from people and especially other men that have those beliefs and that try to push those beliefs on you. Um, But even more personally, I just, I think it's just doing inner work, listening to especially men who you look up to, who can be emotional and understand that it's possible to be emotional and still be masculine, still be successful, not be looked at as a little bitch, you know? Mm Um, was there like a turning point for you? Like, was there, because I feel like it has, I feel like it's been like this since the beginning of our relationship. Um, I don't know. was there a specific turning point or a specific person that enlightened you on that? Or was it just like, I'm not going to hold my emotions back anymore. Mm. All right. I can't put my finger on it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I know I've always been kind of an emotional person and maybe that was just like blocked off in my adolescence. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to reconnect with that um, when I was able to spend more time on my own. Yeah. Um, you know, spending like two or three years when my friends went off to college and I was, you know, by myself where I had like one or two other guys, but I was, mostly alone mostly in my own emotions and i i was able to kind of just get back in touch with you know life just gets boring if you don't feel you know and i spent a lot of time using mostly weed to just like kind of suppress your emotions and just like i don't need to feel this right now or oh i'm sad i'm just gonna smoke that way and then you know you can't you can't just smoke something away it's going to come back once you get sober yeah you got to face that head on Mm -hmm. but like i said it just goes back to creating positive role models yeah it's huge baby that was so good life gets boring when you don't feel or what something like that you just said i mean hell that's what we just we just ended squid game last night and that was a huge quote that happened was no matter how much money you have poor or you have so much money you don't to do you don't know what to do with um, if you can't feel joy, feel yeah. jealousy, feel things in your life, like, I, I don't know what, yeah. what's happening, you know? It's the numbness that yeah. is, is scary. Like, and we've 
probably both experienced this. Like I went through a huge part of my life where I was very dis disassociated and I couldn't feel um, because the pain was like too painful to mm -hmm. feel. Mm -hmm. But it's like when you let that pain penetrate you and when you let that like really crack open your heart even more, you also invite more pleasure to come in. And that's been like such a game changer in my entire fucking life and in our relationship is like the more you can feel the pain, the more you can feel the pleasure there. You can't like be proactively, you know, seeking the pleasure mm -hmm. if you're not allowing yourself to feel the pain. Mm. Yeah. You can't just spend the whole time chasing dopamine. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's going to wear off. And then and then you come down, you know, 10 times harder. Exactly. I love the way you show your emotions. Thank you. I love the way you show your emotions. <laughs> All right. Shall we end it there? I don't know. Rosie, do you have anything to say? Rosie, do you want to add to the conversation? No. All right. Well. I love you. I love you. Thank you for doing this with me and speaking your truth and being such an amazing partner on this journey with me. I love you. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. All right. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Feel free to share it with your man, with your friends, with your lover, with your mom, with your dad. <laughs> share it with the world. Um, he really is such an incredible human and this was a very empowering episode so thank you for listening and i will talk to you next time thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the pleasurable success podcast if you vibed with me and this episode please be sure to share it with someone who you know will benefit from it and take a little screenshot post it on ig and be sure to tag me at sarah rose underscore d that way i can say what's up and slide in your dms and of course be sure to subscribe so you can get notified on when the next episode drops and that you're not missing out get out there, illuminate this world with your magic and remember how worthy you are of having it all.